Hey guys, if you haven't registered yet for the Equip Expo, formerly known as the GIE Plus Expo, you can save 50% off registration with code LCR. You can follow the link in the episode description. You can also get the link to register for the rally, which is free thanks to our sponsors Echo and several other sponsors. You can click the link in the episode description for that as well. That's Thursday night from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. And if you want to, if you don't even know what the heck I'm talking about and you want to know the whole history of the rally, you can go ahead and check out episode 86 on my podcast here, the LCR Media Podcast, where Sean Spencer with uh, Spencer Lawn Care and myself go into the origin story of the GIE rally and how it all started. And if you want updates on this year's rally, uh, all that is on episode 163, just a few episodes ago. So I hope to see you guys there and check out the episode description for all the details. Here we go. Well, thanks for listening to the LCR Media Podcast, where we get to know the pros. I'm your host, LCR Naylor Taliaferro, and on today's episode, we are here live in Tyler, Texas with Marvin Salcedo. Howdy. <laughs> What's going on, Marvin? Not much. How are you, sir? <laughs> Glad I'm, to have you back. I'm good, yeah, except like we commented off air, this allergy season, I guess, is oh, just gosh. jumping off. It's and, so crazy right you know, now. I just left Virginia yesterday and I was having like a, a sneezing fit and I come here wondering, how's it going to be in Texas? And it's the same Exactly thing. the same. <laughs> <laughs> Man, so, but uh, it's, I had, I had a blast the last time I was here, just, I mean, not only just, you know, having personal conversations and just hanging out together, but seeing your setup in addition, you know, and your business grow from then to now, that was, we, we established back the beginning of 2020. Yes, sir. And now it's 2022, like kind of the, the back end of 2022 here in August. And a lot has changed in the world <laughs> since the last time we've seen each other, right? Yes, Man. sir. So not only that, but uh, also with your business, but you know, it's like you, you went full steam ahead, just, just, just going, getting after it. So I'm anxious to get into this most likely two-part episode. I've got lots of notes, lots of uh, before coming here notes and questions to ask. And then since I've been here and you've given me a tour of everything, uh, also new notes added to it. So, All right. Yeah. Um, so thanks for thanks for having me. Thanks for inviting me down again. My pleasure. Um, I always enjoy coming to Texas. Something about Texas just all different areas too. Like we've been, the, I've taken my wife to Waco, Texas a couple of times for the Chip and Joanna Gaines, you know, fixer upper deal yeah. they got going on over there. And, um, I've been at Dallas a few times. Of course we always fly in out of Dallas a lot, but, uh, as like the main, you know, one of the main hubs. And then I've come to visit you. I've, I've gone to service autopilot and hung out with Jonathan <clears throat> Potoshnik. And so I've always enjoyed the experience no, no matter why I've come here. So I always look forward to coming back here. Yes, sir. <laughs> Texas is a great place. Yeah, it really is. Were, were you, uh, I forgot if we, and for those of you folks, we're not going to go into Marvin's whole backstory because it's the second time. Well, this is technically the first time he's on the podcast. I did take audio from um, a YouTube video to put on, I think early, you know, maybe over a year and a half ago or back in the archives. But this is the second time I've talked to to, to you, to Marvin. Um, we made a Get to Know the Pro episode on my YouTube channel. So go ahead and check that out, which is what you're probably watching now. Uh, <laughs> so you can go check that out and, and click on um, the, the playlist, Get to Know the Pro 2.0, so season two. We didn't really get too far into that because COVID happened and then 
the pandemic and then shut everything down. Maybe you can link my other one below. Yeah, there you go. Good. See, you're on it. So yeah, we'll <laughs> we'll we'll put the link to the uh, to the actual video that video in the episode description. And then there's other videos too. You can check out the playlist. But we go into the whole backstory and his his setup and shop at that time, which he's since outgrown and has a whole new setup. So um, I, I'm, those of you listening to the podcast, you can check out the YouTube video, I, uh, the new one here while I'm down here. I'm going to put together just a, a shorter, smaller version, more of like an update video than the initial. That one was really in-depth, a lot of video footage, a lot of interviewing. I didn't have a podcast at the time. So um, that one goes all into the backstory with a lot of a lot of good you know, the type of equipment that you're using and the setups, which you still very have. similar. Yeah, very similar. You've just grown it. You yes, know? sir. You just have more of it. And now you have a different shop location, which is bigger and better and all that. So I think in the last two years, we've grown by about three and a half million dollars a year. Wow. Wow. So, yeah, that's congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's huge. So so just to get everyone caught wanted to get everyone caught to speed on all that. So there there is going to be a video update for those of you listening to look at to the new shop and and all that. Um and those of you that want to see the behind the scenes backstory original video, like I said, check out the link in the episode description. But so this is the first time officially on the LCR Media podcast. So now I can live and in action really um, live and in person, I mean, really go through all my Q&As and really kind of dig in to some things, unpack some things is really what I want to say. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's try and dive into, um, let's start out with just updating us from where 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 we last left off in 2020 you were in a different you were in a storage unit and you're here like let's let's start pick up from there and where you're at now all right so <laughs> after you left we matter of fact very shortly after you left we acquired this property that we're at right now of which you tried to get a drone footage of and your drone yeah. is giving you fits. <laughs> Not the drone, it's the app. Yes. It, it, it's all over the all over the internet. DJI's apps are all whack now or something happened. I don't oh, know. But man. they can't I don't think they can up what problem with the what happens with a lot of these things is the phones update faster. Then the like, programs can keep up yeah, with Yeah. So like we're on and we're on Android <laughs> 5.0 now, you yeah. know, and or whatever it is. And like if some of these apps are behind and they can't keep up or they try to keep up and there's a lot of bugs that they haven't fixed yet. And that's basically what's happening. There's a bug. So like it opens and shuts down immediately. That's so, technology for you. Yeah. Yeah. Love so, it and hate it. Yeah. So unfortunately I won't be having that aerial footage, but I got a lot of ground footage. Yes, so sir. It's all good. So we purchased this property. Um, it's a funny story. It's actually a second time I've purchased this property. Um, I purchased it originally back in 2012, and then uh, as I grew my previous company, uh, that was a part of that company, and uh, after I exited that company and started over, uh, during the whole process of time, they ended up letting the this property go back to the bank, uh, and the bank repossessed it, and then they came to me. And asked me if I wanted to purchase it. And uh, I said, of course I do. Uh, I love this property. I've, I've had my eye on it for years and years and years. And uh, that's why I purchased it the first time. Because it's a great setup for uh, lawn maintenance. So purchased it again the second time. Uh, paid a little bit more the second time than I did the first. 
and uh we just continued to grow um you know we started pushing out work and uh, you know just pushing our name out into the market even more than we already had uh upped our spending on advertising and just grew like gangbusters um you know our our growth exploded uh and then at the beginning of 2021 i purchased my largest competitor and uh, the name of them, their company was Wilhite Landscape. So I now own Salcedo Lawn and Wilhite Landscape. Uh, also purchased another little company during that time called Harvest Gardens. And uh, they do uh, organic gardening. Uh, so we'll come out, design, and build, and install, and tend your garden for you. Hmm. Um, and then we just continue to grow from there. So... Uh, you know, we've we've pushed our name out into the market, and yeah. uh, we've grown. I, well, since you and I spoke last, literally, I think about three and a half million dollars more work. Yeah, you said you were like a million dollars. We're going like the yeah, we were or, or right projecting a million dollars that year. we were starting the year, and you were projecting a million dollars. This year, we're projecting right. Well, I guess dang, that's four million. Uh, this year, we're projecting to hit really close to five million. Wow. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So what, before we get into too many more things, what, uh, what made you decide to do all of, to, to, to buy all these additional things? Cause I like to push. Um, I don't like sitting around. I don't like status quo. Um, one of my favorite sayings is average sucks and, uh, I don't want to just be average. Um, you don't want to be average Joe or status. Yeah. Quo. And I know that there is some freedom that comes with growth. Uh, the smaller your company is, the more you're tied to it. It's harder to take vacations. It's harder to go places. It's harder to do things. You don't have quite as much money to have to be able to travel and do what you want to do when you are married to your company. Because uh, with a lot of guys, those uh, uh, owner operators, if they don't work, there is zero money coming in. Right. So if they get sick, there's no money coming in. If they're not, if they're not, if they take a vacation, there's no money coming in. Uh, the way that I have things set up now, I was gone all last week and I didn't get a single phone call um, from any of my companies. Yeah. I got everything ran like clockwork, had zero problems. Everything, if there was any problems, I didn't even hear about it because things got solved and fixed without me. Mm. Uh, because I've got good management staff put in place who is solving problems because I don't need to. Yeah. And it's not like you just bought these extra businesses and just kind of, you know, like you just bought them and you own them. And like a lot of people buy businesses, whether that be like to complement a business they already have, like in your case with Lawn and Landscape and then and then, and then now some other ones um, that aren't related to that, but a lot of people will buy a business and, and, and that's it. Like they buy it. They don't necessarily get involved in it. They don't, they don't go through the numbers like you did. They don't look at it and say, how can we make this more efficient? Like yeah. what in the world is going on? How are they even making money? Like a lot of times people will think about that or do that research before they offer to buy the, the business to see if it's profitable or, or whatever, because then they probably just plan on just not doing anything yeah. like with the business. They want it to already be running smooth and, and everything before they buy it. And I feel like in your case, you know, you, from what we talked about, you know, you bought some of these companies and then you went right in there and you were looking at the numbers, looking at this and that, what can we clean up? What can we, you know, to the 
point where now you are running lean and mean and more profitable yeah. with all of your with all with all of those or both of those you know main lawn and landscape businesses that you that you have now. And I I think that really. I don't think a lot of people do that or enough people do that. So I, you, I think you have to look at the numbers. Yeah. You have to know how much you're bringing in, how much you're spending. Uh, Cause otherwise, and you can't do bank account uh, accounting. Right. You know, and that's how a lot of guys do it. Yeah. Oh, there's money in the account. I must be doing okay. Yeah. And it's like you didn't, and you didn't like just buy them to buy them either is what I was trying to say. Uh, like yeah. You didn't just buy them just to buy them. Like, oh, I've got, you know, I have I, I X grow. amount of companies, you know, whatever, you know, like yeah. you're actually buying them with purpose and trying to, you know, grow what you already have or new, new ventures, things like that. And, and they're all complementing each other. You know, we will probably end off with the, the new automotive yeah. <laughs> venture too, but that, that it complements, you know, everything. It's not like it's that at first I was like, what in the world, you know, what you get a mechanic shop, like, you know, automotive, like, where is that? But it all makes sense now. It's right down the street. You were already using that to get, you know, your, your truck serviced and things. And now, and now, now you do. own it. <laughs> and we do a hundred percent of our own work now. Yeah. Whereas before we were splitting it up between three or four different companies, mechanics, like mechanics. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but now we do a hundred percent of our work across the street at my mechanic shop. So one company pays the other company Yeah. and, and we continue to grow. And you still have tons of people off the street coming in. There. We do. Yeah. We do. Since, since we took over in March uh, at the mechanic shop, we've actually grown. We've tripled the business since we took over. Uh, we're already on track by the end of August to surpass last year's numbers of what the mechanic shop did. Nice. So we're, nice. we're growing like crazy. Yeah. Wow. Well, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves on, 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 the, on the automotive part, but so let's go back to um, back to 2020 and and transitioning, you know, to, to different shop. What what was the what was the main reason why you wanted to uh, move from from out of the storage to here? Was it simply space and growth? Space and growth, yeah, absolutely. Um, whenever at the storage places, I was very limited in the amount of stock I could keep, the amount of mulch and. Uh, there was no place for me to have on-site uh, fuel tanks, and um, I was just I was outgrowing that that little warehouse park. Yeah. Unless I rented all the spaces. Right. And then at that point, I might as well buy something. Yeah. So I yeah. mean, it just it's a numbers game at yeah. that point. Yeah, there's someone local that I interviewed on my podcast too, and he said this uh, something similar. He said, you know, he had like a number. I don't know if it was two thousand or three thousand. It might have been like two thousand a month. He's like, when I get to the point where I'm spending two thousand, you know, more than two thousand a month in storage, that's when I need to start looking for like some land, you know, some, yeah. uh, a shop, something else. Because now I'm just like, you know, I'm just wasting money or or just you know whatever. It's just not being profitable. Or just putting all this money in rent to like a storage facility versus investing that in, in, in either something that you own, you know, you maybe have, you, you have that more, uh, the, the property that, that the mortgage or whatever, or, or you're actually leasing it, but it's more beneficial to your business with the space and the building and all that. It's so, yeah, it, it, I can, I've heard that, that it's a numbers game for sure. So yeah, we, we were at the point where even though this property cost us more per month, in the efficiencies it, it gave us and provided us, we're saving money. Yeah. So, yes, it was more expensive, but at the same time, it's saving us. Yeah. 
And when we talked back in 2020, I remember um, we were talking a little bit about like the whole debt, no debt, like like cash versus debt philosophy. And I remember you had a really good uh, spin on it or, or take on it by saying that you have to fi- find a good blend and what works best for you in your business. Be smart about it. Like you've done no debt to the to the point of it snails growth you yeah. know for your business to, to the detriment of your business and then you've had a lot of debt which is also the opposite thing but it's still bad for your business then you uh, got to find that that fine line right yeah. in the middle yeah yeah so and so like even even to the point of when i buy businesses i don't typically pay cash for them that that's where i was going with this. Yeah, yeah i don't typically pay cash i do what's called a leveraged buyout so i'm leveraging the bank's money to buy it out so i make sure that the business can stand on its own that the business is going to make money and then i go and i leverage the money from the bank to buy the business and then the business through the cash flow makes the payment plus growth for the bank yeah i gotcha gotcha where did where where did you get all of this like information from? I, I know you have a lot of peers and mentors. School you know? of hard knocks, my friend. <laughs> I'm telling you, a lot of yeah, it yeah. was trial and error, and just figuring it out as I go and as I ran across opportunities and find businesses that I want to buy out. You know, how do I grow those? How do I how do I buy them? Yeah. And then talking with the bank and trying to figure out creative ways that we can buy it without it killing my cash flow, you know, without me having to come up with tons of cash up front, you know, how can I buy this and make it work? And then everybody's happy, you know, it needs to be win-win for the bank and me and the seller. And uh, because, yeah, I could beat the seller up and, you know, really get that number way down and not give them very much money, but then they're not going to be happy. They're going to regret selling it. Then they're going to badmouth me. Marvin, he's a horrible buyer. You know, he talked me way down. You know, that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to make it win-win for everybody. So, you know, we've, we've just, through the years, through a lot of trial and error, have figured out how to do this. Yeah. Just yeah. a lot of experience. <laughs> Has anyone friends family or all in between ever thought that you were like like what the heck are you doing you know like or think thinking you're crazy for buying all these businesses oh i'm sure another business what are you doing marvin like you know it's i tell you my wife is not even surprised anymore when i tell her (laughs) that hey i'm i'm looking at buying another company now uh the only thing she she wants to make sure is that i don't do it don't make myself so busy that one, I don't have time for the family or I'm exhausted and I can't give quality time to the family because that is extremely important. And so as long as I can keep that home life balance, she don't care. And then yeah. I can go out and pursue and grow. Yeah. And, Cause you guys have been financially stable as a family f- back when I met you the last time, when yes, I came sir. here last time, right? So it's yes, not like sir. you're doing this because you're like just trying to pay your bills. You're doing this for a totally different reason because you want to grow. Long-term freedom. Yeah. And you want to grow and you don't want to be the average Joe and all that stuff. So there's an internal motivation, which I think a lot of people are lacking in this country slash world, you know, that people, <sighs> there's a lot of complacency yeah. around there and, and around here. And, and that's, that's like at the detriment of like the human race, you know, I mean, like we, we all were, you know, we need to grow. We need to help each other. That's why like things like having podcasts, things like that, like hopefully inspire some folks that maybe are just in, in, in a funk and maybe they can get out of it and they can start growing. But that's, it's above and beyond just 
making ends meet, you know, like don't, don't be that worker bee that's just complacent, you know, making ends meet. And you're just like, whatever. I mean, again, I know there are some people, not everyone can be an entrepreneur. Not everyone is built that way. I understand that, you know, everyone's got different personality types, but I think there's a lot of people out there that have more potential, but for one reason or another, family, friends, life, their environment has just beaten them down so that they don't think that they can do these things or they don't want, they're just exhausted from all of life. And they're just, they haven't been able to find their way to reach their full potential, you know? Yeah. Um, so kind of to go along with what you said, it's not for everybody. I mean, uh, there's, there's a lot of things that come with being an entrepreneur that a lot of people don't think about. Uh, you know, they see the upsides of it, you know, Hey, they're, they're doing great. They're successful. They're making money. They drive cool cars and a cool house and all of that, but they don't see the flip side of it that comes along with it. Not that I'm, I'm trying to discourage anybody by any means from being an entrepreneur because I want people to go out and be all they, they can be. And I want to help people succeed. I want them to grow, but being an entrepreneur is lonely. And there's, there's a lot of depression that can come with being an entrepreneur. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of stress that comes with being an entrepreneur. Yeah. And most people don't see that. Uh, and then you have people who are great at producing a product you know, maybe they're great at cleaning windows or they're great at pressure washing or great at mowing yards or landscaping or whatever. And they become an accidental entrepreneur uh, or an accidental business owner. Yeah. And they not, they don't necessarily have that business knowledge, but they stumble into owning a business because somebody right. said, man, you do great at this. You should own your own business. <laughs> right. And they finally get talked into it and then they get into it and they hate it. Yeah. Because they don't have the support behind it. And they didn't realize how difficult it was going to be being out there and running a business because it's not just producing the work. There's a lot of paperwork and a lot of stupid taxes that go along with it. And, you know, I'm an unpaid tax collector. You know, I have to collect sales tax here in the state of Texas for, uh, for every job that we do. I don't get compensated for that, Yeah, but I guarantee the state of Texas will get me if I don't pay it. So I have to collect that and I have to make sure it's paid and it's paid on time. And there's a, there's a lot of stuff that goes along with it. Yeah. And then, you know, finding enough work to keep the workers busy and then finding employees and it's a lot of stress. Yeah. I, I actually, uh, to be very real with you, uh, I started putting on some weights, a lot of weight, uh, within this past year. And, uh, I, I could not figure out why I was gaining so much weight. Hmm. And, uh, I work out like six days a week. You know, I see a trainer, I eat right. I watch what I eat not eating cookies and junk food, even though I love cookies and tacos, I'm not eating a bunch of that junk. Uh, but I was gaining a lot of weight. And so I actually went and I had a DNA test done. I had a hormone test done. I, you know, meet with a metabologist trying to figure out what in the world was going on with me. Mm-hmm. And the biggest marker of why I was gaining weight, stinking stress. Welcome to Toro Tuesday. This week I'm talking about the multi-force aerator. It's a 38-inch wide multi-force aerator, so it's another attachment. Um, it's not a powered attachment. It's still something you can just put in. You don't need the high-flow hydraulics like the snow blower and uh, the power broom. You just attach it to the to the front receiver hitch, and you can just lift it up and down when you need to. This way, you can transport it, getting it on and off the trailer, and so on. As well as if you're going from you know from the sidewalk to another part of the lawn or across the driveway, and so on. But this is a unique aerator attachment 
Uh, instead of being a core aerator like traditionally, which leaves uh, unsightly hard plugs to accumulate on the lawn, just takes longer for it to break down, and not everybody's you know into all that. Um, some some businesses, some homeowners actually would prefer not to have uh, their lawn look like that after aeration. So this is another option for you to be able to aerate those folks with it's called a hooker aerator so basically it scoops you know it, it still punctures the soil and and scoop and it goes uh, in depths from approximately half an inch wide um by one and a quarter inch long and up to three inches deep uh he's basically scooping the soil uh, so that it's it's looser looser plugs of dirt that disperse so that it breaks down a lot faster and you and you don't even really notice it as much on the soil. So and for those of you that don't that don't know even what aerating or what the benefits of that is, that's that's just like it says aerating. You're aerating the soil by by taking removing some of the soil all over. It's allowing the roots of the turf to spread and expand. It's allowing for, again, more nutrients to get in, air, water, sun, um, you know, uh, fertilization, fertilizer and uh, lime, all the different nutrients can get down in the soil better when you loosen it up. I know for me here in um, Richmond, Virginia, Central Virginia area, we have hard, compact clay soil, which is uh, our natural soil. So it gets really hard and compact. So it's almost mandatory. Actually, the state of Virginia recommends every year aerating um, our, you know, your, your lawn to, to break that up, to get, you know, break up all that compaction to help get the turf to, to stay or get healthy every year. And we do that in the fall here so that the, the grass has time to recover. We also put down fresh seed around that time as well, because it's a good opportunity to get all the seed in the holes and fall is a good cooler time of year for the seed to germinate and grow and get nice and thick before, um, you get back to the, the hot summer the following year. So that's kind of the, the thing that the deal there and this aerating attachment helps me uh, be able to get that done faster. I have a stand on aerator as well uh, from, from Toro. So I can use these kind of in tandem, um, especially with it being 38 inches wide. I can cover a, a decent area a lot faster, and it being attached to the multi-force going up to 10 miles an hour, that the grandstand multi-force going up to 10 miles an hour back and forth, I utilize this for the larger lawns that I have instead of being on the stand-on aerator, which is smaller, more compact, a 24-inch uh, wide, so that I can get in the, the smaller gated backyards and things like that, just smaller yards in general. I'll, I'll use that. Um, but for the bigger yards, it's not nearly as fast because you have to do more passes because it's more narrow, and it just isn't as fast. It doesn't go 10 miles an hour. It's a stand-on aerator. It's not it, it, that's not it's not meant to go that fast uh, versus the Toro Grandstand Multiforce. The mower itself goes up to 10 miles an hour. So you put this attachment on there and you just go for it. And it's wider so you can cover more ground, you know, less less passes back and forth and you can go faster. So um, I really use it for my wide open, larger yards, again, in conjunction with, um, you know, my stand on aerator for the smaller sections and smaller backyards. So it's been a really great asset for me. Again, for, for all the visuals, you guys want to check it out, see how it works, see how it looks. This one's really tough to explain, you know, all those details and how it looks and how it works. Um, and, and you might even be thinking, you know, like the whole scooping and, you know, how is it scooping versus pulling plugs and all that. You can just check that out. As always, click on the link in the episode description uh, for Toro.com. It'll take you right there and you can check it all out. And the biggest marker of why I was gaining weight, stinking stress. Yeah. I was holding the stress and it was causing me to gain weight. 
And so you've got to find a way as an entrepreneur, as a business owner to relieve that stress. However, it may be find a hobby, watch TV. I like taking hot showers at the end of the day. It's, it's therapeutic. Yeah. It just kind of washes the day away. (laughs) Literally. Literally washes the day away. Yeah, I look forward to taking a nice hot shower before I go to bed now every day. And when I get back from work, obviously I'm a hot, sweaty mess from from the weather. But in addition to that, it's very soothing and therapeutic. And, you know, sometimes you're a little, maybe a little sore, tired or, you know, whatever, physically as well as mentally. So, yeah, that's a good, you know, I know some people, they're just sitting in a bath, you know, and just soak it out, you know, (laughs) or they go to the gym and then they go, you know, and then the hot tub or or whatever, sauna, all those things. Find a hobby you like to do, you know. Yeah. Some people crochet, some people work with wood or metal or whatever. Yeah. Find some way to just take your mind off of the day-to-day things. Yeah. And relieve that stress. Yeah, it's funny you say though all this because <clears throat> I mean it's not funny. It, it's ironic that you're saying all this because just a couple of weeks ago, and I, I was thinking about making a podcast episode about this, but I'll just tack this onto this, and that should be good enough. I bumped into someone at the gas. You know, we were on on our lunch break at a gas station. You know that we always go to. All the landscapers go there, and I bumped into an old friend of mine that had had a business. I thought he still has a business, but he had a business. A little bit bigger than mine, just, you know, uh, one crew business, but just maxed out doing a ton more services than I offer. I try to keep my stuff streamlined so that we're not running ourselves ragged and spread too thin or whatever. But, you know, so he had more things, you know, dump trailers and things like that um, than I did. And I was like, man, I haven't seen you in a while. Where have you been? He said, oh, I had a stroke in December. Yeah. He said, I had a stroke in December. Young guy? He was 50. Okay. No Still, reason to have young. a stroke. Yeah. So he, 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 he's like, I had a stroke in December and I just sold my business and I'm retired. Wow. I'm just going to try and figure out life. He's like, my cardiologist and my, my regular doctor were both like, you're 50 years old in great health. Yeah. You know, he's not some overweight landscaper. He was a, a thin, no, no dude. reason for him to no be, no reason for you to have a stroke. I guarantee other than you stress. it was the stress. Yeah. And of course no one, um, you know, no, no one can, can really, uh, depict that but that yeah that definitely does seem like that is the thing so to that end what what did you do to try and change that you know like you you know you lost the weight and what did you what did you do to try and cope with that stress so i've i've really really gotten down to watching what i eat like i mean down to the ounce and i mean really been super careful i mean even though i was eating healthy i guess i was slightly off enough that I was gaining weight. Yeah. Uh, and they just really watching my stress levels and not letting things bother me, not taking it home at the end of the day and just allowing that stress to, but you know what? I'll pick it up tomorrow because it's not worth taking home. It's not worth affecting my relationship with my wife and my kids. And it, it's just, it's not worth it. Yeah. So, you know, I just, I have to allow allow it and let it go. Yeah. Um, you know, I like watching TV at the end of the day after the kids have gone to bed. Um, and it's just, it's mindless. I don't have yeah. to think about anything. I don't have to worry about what happened at work. And, uh, you know, did we get this bill paid? Are we going to be able to pay payroll? And I don't have to think about any of it. Right. It's mind mindless and I can just watch what's on the screen. 
Just escape reality. Just bit. escape reality for 30 minutes until it's usually not long because I usually fall asleep pretty fast. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's I, I don't have to think. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I really enjoy woodworking and working with metal and stuff like that. I haven't had a ton of time to do that lately. But like back in February, uh, I built a uh, a large bench for the guy that I bought out his company last year. He fully retired and uh, I made him a bench, uh, has his name engraved in it. And uh, this is a really cool bench. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, I made that for him and just it's I enjoy working with my hands. So even though I can't necessarily get out and produce the work every day. This is one way that I can I can use those creative juices inside of me and express them. Right. Nice. So back to family life or work life balance. What what are some things or some ways that you try to keep that a priority, you know, or some tips maybe? One of the biggest things I do, I don't I don't work at night unless it's after everybody goes to bed. I I'm not sitting unless I just have the crazy one off project that has to be done uh 99% of the time it can wait until the next day and so uh or until after the kids and my wife are in bed and then I'll work on something mm-hmm. but by far um I, I don't even open my computer when I get home I'll take it home for emergencies but I've probably opened it and worked on something once in the last six months in, on a night or weekend. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even for that long. I think I was doing a project that was, I had a timeline yeah. that I had to meet yeah. and it was a hard deadline. Uh, but beyond that, it was, I just, it ain't worth it. I, I, I try to be home. Yeah. Granny, I'm tired sometimes, and I don't always give give them my full attention, but right. I do my best, and I'm working on it. Yeah. You know, I, I try to be present when I'm home. Yeah. There, there's a lot of people, they go home, and they're physically home. They are not there mentally. Right. I try to make sure that, you know, when my kids are talking to me, oh, yeah, huh, huh, and then I just, you know, I'm not really paying attention. I stop what I'm doing if I'm playing on my phone or whatever. I put it down and I turn and I look at them and I give them that that eye contact because I want them to know that what they're telling me is important. And there's even been times when I catch myself, I wasn't paying attention and I've apologized, you know, talking to my daughter, baby, I'm so sorry. I wasn't paying attention. Can you please start over? And I I focus on what they're saying because what they're saying is important. Yeah. That's good. How old are your kids now? I remember they're they're pretty young. Last time I was my there. my youngest is she will be six in a week. Nice. Uh, she actually was born one month before I left my old company, uh, so she'll be six in a week. My middle daughter will be ten in January, and my son will be twelve uh, in October. So they're all still pretty young. Yeah. Good, good, good mix. Yeah. Still have fun and do all the, all the fun stuff. You yeah. Know? Like <laughs> it, when they I, get into high school and all that, it's like a whole nother can of worms. Yeah. <laughs> I'm super excited. My son's going with me to uh GIE this year or nice. whatever they call it. Equipment a quick, Expo, yeah. <laughs> it's only been GIE for yeah, 20, 30 I know, years. I know. <laughs> I change it. Anyway, he's going with me to the equipment expo. I'm, I'm super excited about nice. that. Nice. Yeah. That is exciting. 
Um, is he is he excited? Was He's it his excited. idea, your idea? It was or my mutual? idea. Yeah. It was my idea. But uh, he was he was pumped about it. Yeah, yeah. And he actually turns twelve the day that we fly home. So yeah, that's awesome. We're gonna have fun, take a day, and go <laughs> do stuff around Louisville, and just enjoy it. Yeah, there's a lot to do down there for outside of just the expo itself there's so much down in louisville the zoo and the, the caverns and yeah like there's stuff actually in the caverns that no one ever really does or knows about aside from us packing it in and back in the day for the for the rally like right. there's like zip lining and you know you can explore the caverns and the, like i think you can like mountain bike through the caverns oh, crazy all kinds of stuff or at one point i think they was closed 2019 they redid it but yeah for the longest time that was it too so they, they, they had some cool things and then of course there's all kinds of other stuff in louisville to explore and i mean downtown has got a lot of cool stuff a lot of yeah. outdoor things got the louisville slugger museum muhammad ali museum like there's a lot of stuff I, yeah. I think people don't realize how much is in louisville and when people do bring their families that's i think that's how i started to learn that there was more things there because i never really paid attention i would just go down there and do do what i got to do and that's it but there would be some folks that i knew that would bring their families or their spouse just like that one time and then they would explore it would kind of give them a a reason to or like force them to explore other things. So yeah. Yeah. yeah I think you guys have a good time. That'd be I think fun. so. Yeah. So you're going to go like the whole week. Uh, we fly up, uh, I don't remember Tuesday and fly home Saturday or nice. something yeah, like that. Yeah. I mean, that. so pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, Monday's like, eh, it's not going on Monday. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at least for now. I mean, it just keeps like, you know, the week just keeps extending. It used yeah. to just be a three day, com- a three day trade show. It used to be a two day. Two day. Yeah. I started back when it was a two day. Yeah. It just keeps expanding and expanding. Twelfth year I've gone. So really? Like yeah. Wow. So what are some of the changes you've seen then? Man, it's gotten exponentially bigger. Massive. It used to... So you know when you walk in the main expo hall? Yeah. That whole left side wasn't there. Like they had walled that off. And when you turn that corner and go around and all the landscaping (laughs) stuff was over there, yeah, none of that was there. Wow. That used to be right right around the corner would be where they had the food court. And then that was it. That was it. But and then they slowly expanded it and expanded it and expanded it. And now it's wow. completely full. Yeah. And even outside was a lot smaller. And I mean, it's just it just keeps getting bigger. It's <laughs> yeah. crazy. Yeah. Well, it's the I don't I don't know if you've I've heard this yet from anyone, but it's the sixth largest trade show in the country. Like wow. like outside of our industry, it's the number one trade sh- largest trade show in our industry. Yeah. That should be pretty pretty um common sense i guess but outside of our industry so like all the trade shows vegas all that they're the sixth largest wow and growing so that's why they bought they bought an office downtown in louisville so they could really focus on the show you wow. know? because opei is the company the organization that technically owns and runs um you know they pay folks to or in the past paid other companies to run the expo uh, but their location is up by me, Alexandria, Virginia, r- right around the corner from DC because OPEI outdoor power equipment Institute is an Institute that is basically like bridges the gap between the federal government regulations and all this nonsense with the industry. Right. So the, you know, the feds, you know, like the government, yeah. you know, big governments like, you know, okay, EPA and all this stuff and all these regulations or what about this? What about that? And, 
they communicate that with OPEI and the OPEI talks to Toro and Skag and Steve huh. and Echo. And I did not. They're all like, all of them are a part of OPEI. You know, it's like, like Echo and all that. Like it's, it's, yeah. vo- it's a voluntary thing, but like, you know, you want to have like a, so like the board, there's a board and the board members are all like, like, um, I think the, the board president of the board now, I believe is the CEO of Toro. And so like, they're all these, oh, okay. so it's all the industry, you know, there. Cool. Um, so that's kind of that whole thing. And, and their OPEI is the ones that have put on the GIE all this time uh, in partnership with other big uh, partner companies. Partner with Planet or Exactly. They changed their name. Like exactly. Four. Like PPLS or yeah. whatever, all these different <laughs> things and landscape this and that and all, all, all those like there would always be all these logos at the bottom of their paraphernalia and yeah. their website those were all partners so they all had to share the responsibility it took longer to make changes and to make things happen there's a lot of quote unquote red tape well those partnerships have all dissolved or have all changed I don't know what the right word is I don't want to get in trouble but <laughs> all those partnerships have um, or merged they've, or run the, they've run their course so okay. now the OPEI has full control over the show Okay. So the president of the OPEI, Chris Kaiser, who I've become friends with over the years before all that, fortunately, how I, how ironic, um, he now is in full control and they absorbed the team that formally, that they formally, um, you know, basically paid to run the expo. Oh, wow. And now part of their, whoever wanted to be, a, you know, like there's a whole lot of stuff, but part of that team is now part of the OPEI's team that specifically is dedicated to run the show so that's why they're rebranding that's why they rebranded the name and that's why they're trying to improve it even more because they Uh, just want it to be a bigger better show they want to separate it a little bit from they want they want everyone to know that it's that that it's new like it's still all the stuff that we know and love is still there but it's going to be new and improved so the more new plus yes the more new things they can do to make it better and show that you know OPEI has got, you know, full ownership now and they're just doing, they're able to just react to things quicker, listen to, you know, the attendees, you know, like free parking and all these things that they've done over the years and they can just react a lot quicker. There's not as much red tape or anything. It just all goes streamlined right through one, one source. Cool. Um, so that's, that's kind of a little backstory about all that. Um, all the information nobody needed to know. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, if you're curious, you know, no, it's you're, cool. You're curious. So. Yeah. But they, they keep growing and that's, you know, that's why they're such a big, a big show and, and they're going to keep growing and, and keep, they added a whole bunch of events this year, like yeah. the Louisville Slugger, like fireworks show. That's all that. That's cool. Yeah. So they're just, they're just trying to do whatever they can to maybe be the fifth largest trade show in the, in, in, in the, in the near future. So they're really cool. dedicated a lot to that. So that's a little, um, you know, little promotion for Equip Expo there. There you go. Yeah. You, you, you led me down that rabbit hole. So I figured we might as well touch upon that since it's right around the corner. I it mean, is, you know, it is coming up fast. Yeah, it's a month, less than a month yeah, away. Yeah. So we're, no, it's over a month away. It's it's the end of August. Oh, I'm so. in September already. <laughs> it's two months away. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. A little less than two months, but still, that could that's, that's coming quick. Yeah. You know, if you haven't already gotten Get a hotel or now. yeah, if you haven't gotten a hotel or, or anything like you know, you better hurry up. Or you're gonna be in the red roof in. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Motel six. Yeah, that'll be good times. But um, if you haven't registered. You can use code LCR and save fifty percent off. So you only get ten dollars. You only have to pay ten dollars for registration. Sweet until September 9th. Um, that link is also in the episode description for you to quickly go there. But if you're just happy on their website, there's this option for enter code, put in LCR, and you get fifty percent off. Wow, 
you know, even past the early bird, but you're saving the most if you do it right now at the yeah. time of listening to this up to September 9th. It's only 10 bucks for registration, you know, so um, it's a good time. Don't wait until you get to the door because the price goes up crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Do it ahead of time. Yeah. And before we go off this topic, actually, because I never had talked to you about this at all, let alone on, on the podcast, I dedicated like eight episodes or something, I think, last year leading up to the expo about everyone's experiences, like from Corey Baller to Jonathan Potoshnik to, you know, Brian's Law Maintenance and everyone all in between, like people, it was like their first time to like people that have gone forever, like Corey Ballard. Yeah. You know? I mean, Corey's been there as an exhibitor, you know, like to, for Ballard products. Then he stopped even going at all. And it, cause it shrunk down and yeah. he was like, yeah, this isn't, this is not cool anymore. And then, and then, and then it started growing again and then social media became a thing and then everything just blew up and he was like, what am I missing? <laughs> so then he started going back and you know, the rest is history. So, uh, so there's a, there's a whole perspective of all these different folks. So what, 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 what is, um, I already asked you, like, you know, the changes and what you've seen, but why did you even start going in the first place 12 years ago? Oh, man. Just, it was an expo, and it was about landscaping. I was like, cool, let's go. <laughs> I literally decided, like, at the last minute, I had, hadn't had even bought tickets. I bought tickets at the door. Oh, man. That's like 50, oh, was, 50 bucks. Was, yeah, <laughs> I remember. And my business was so tiny back then. And, uh, I remember it was like a hundred bucks for me and, and one of my managers to go. And I was like, Oh, it's a hundred dollars. When had I bought it online, even before I got there, it would have been like 20 bucks. I was like, Oh my God, I had no idea. Anyway. Oh, had you gone to other shows in the industry prior to that? Not really. Does, does Texas have anything? They, uh, in, uh, what's the name of it? Texas, uh, to, TNLA, Texas National Landscapers Association, they have one every year. Um, and they switch between like San Antonio and Dallas and Fort Worth and uh, they kind of move around. But gotcha. it's not anywhere near the size of yeah. GIE. <laughs> that's what everybody said. Yeah. I guess that's why it's, it's tiny. Yeah. And I think a big key is the fact that, 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 that there's an outdoor um that's pretty cool so that you can demo everything I yeah think no other trade show i don't think in our industry has that no they have you know might have a nice size indoor thing but you know you can still look at the similar equipment toro's going to be at all of them probably you know what i mean but it's it's a showroom deal versus you actually get at, get, get to go outside am and, i really gonna like this mower yeah can i br- play around with it ride around with it talk to someone yeah from toro or whoever about like something that might seem weird to me or new or whatever and you just really really help you make some good buying decisions what i like is it's not necessarily some low-level grunt that's out there knows the engineers it's a, the engineers <laughs> or high-level vip yeah. or uh vp yep of the uh, of the company that's yeah. out there yeah they're they're pushing it there at the gie yeah and i mean it's nice to actually talk to somebody who knows what they're talking about <laughs> about that equipment right not just a sales guy at the dealer and it's got wheels <laughs> yeah i don't know yeah well they say it's this <laughs> let me pull out the flyer they gave us let me pull up yeah. the email you know they they can spout off the specs and they can tell you this is why yeah. we did this and this is why we did that and we upgraded and changed and yeah it's nice to to talk to people who really know everything intimate knowledge about their equipment yeah that's cool yeah nice all right well let's uh let's let's pivot here this is a nice um point for us to change gears um coming out of 
that uh, everything that we've talked about so far and then equip expo. Let me refer to my notes here. <laughs> we've got quite the list. All right. Got to so, love rabbit trails. Yeah. That, I mean, that's what, that's what, that's what conversations are all about, right? Oh, especially, yeah. especially podcasts, you know, you just can listen to all these different things. I just try to do my darndest to close every loophole. You know, yeah. it's, it's, I, I try to, I don't want to leave people hanging, but sometimes we just get so scattered, not necessarily us, but just in general, you might be really talking about stuff and you're just like, what was I talking about again? <laughs> you know, or you just forgot that you're what you were even, you know what I mean? So, oh, yeah. I but as a listener that happens to me when I'm listening to episodes, sometimes with other episodes and I'm like, they never even, they said they were going to talk about this and they never, they never even got came back to it. to it. Like, oh man, I was, I was looking forward to that one thing, you know? So I really try my darndest to, to, to close everything up, but conversations like this are like watching YouTube videos. It starts off with a cat video and it's real cute. <laughs> yeah. And then the next thing you know, three hours later, you're watching them pull bot flies out of, you know, a cat. Yeah. It's, it just, it's a rabbit hole it's, after rabbit yes. hole. Yeah. It's, it, <laughs> it can be a dark place. It can. Right. <laughs> oh man. So uh, there, there's, there's a few, few similar topics that I wanted to touch on. Um, so we were talking about labor, obviously, right? The here in 2022, the labor market, labor crisis, whatever you want to talk about, however you want to say it. I mean, people want to go on sabbaticals and all this craziness yeah. and just, uh, you know, I get that there's some things where people want to, people are valuing their time, right? Yeah. All the way around. That's why the industry has blown up <laughs> since COVID because everyone's home or was home for the longest time and they didn't want to look at all this whatever is going on they're getting you know their house fixed up clean up they're getting patios done or redone you know they're getting you know stained you know things you know cleaned up their landscaping done or redone they want their lawn to be maintained because uh, there's busy working but they're looking at it's easier it's, it's less easy to avoid that stuff now yeah um you know when you were home so and, and then people are now valuing their time and they don't want to be spending their time as much out there, you know, sweating and mowing their lawn or dealing with landscaping. Maybe they're not even that they just good want at to, it. They just want to value the beauty of it. Yeah. They, and, and while they're spending time with their family, yeah, you know, not just out there doing whatever. So the service industry as a whole, not just in our industry that I've noticed over the last two years, I don't know if you agree, oh, yeah. but the service industry has blown up. I mean, it's like anything you can offer, whether it's mobile car detailing, you know, uh, house cleaning, you know, obviously window cleaning, landscaping, lawn maintenance, all that stuff. And so many other things that are popping up, you know, scooper, scooper, pooper, poop, poop you know, scoopers, do yeah. Yeah, dogs, <laughs> pooper scoopers, you know, like all the, all these things, things are like popping out of the woodworks now. I mean, yeah. maybe things that they were very niched and now they're becoming more mainstream and I, I can only see more to come with that. But with that, comes you an increased need for work to be done yeah. for people to get a good job potentially and, and earn a living, which once upon a time was like a good thing. And, and like our federal government was trying to solve this unemployment issue because there wasn't enough jobs. Yeah. Now we have a totally different issue. Now there's more jobs than we have people that are willing Nobody to work. Nobody wants to work. <laughs> it's like what? So the unemployment is like just people that are willingly unemployed yeah. now. It's like what in the world? So I've seen a direct correlation of our industry exploded. Yeah. And there's so much work out there. But at the same time the laborers have gone down. Mm -hmm. And I don't know where they went. 
Because, yeah, the world kind of shut down two years ago. Right after you and I talked, yeah. literally like the next month, the yeah. world started shutting down. It was literally. crazy. Literally. And we were very blessed. We lived in a market where we were considered a uh, essential business. And so yeah. we stayed open. Uh, but th- our labor pool dried up overnight. Mm. And I don't know where everybody went. I don't know if they just, everybody started a side hustle. Uh, for a long time, they were just milking uh, the U.S. government, milking the check. Right. It's free money. I understand that. I don't agree with it, but I understand it. Right. You know, when you can get paid $1,000 more a month to sit at home and twiddle your thumbs and play Xbox. <laughs> yeah. I understand it. Right. But it affected the service industry. And so now we're we're having to try and convince people to come out and work that were making more money staying at home twiddling their thumbs yeah and that is a hard conversation to have it, it is really hard to convince somebody hey i want you to come work for me it's really hot outside it's going to be 110 today we're going to work 12 hours and uh you know we want you to work with us well guys i hope you enjoyed the first part of our conversation with marvin salcedo We talked for over an hour and a half. I knew it was going to be a meat and potatoes episode. Uh, I knew we were going to have, I had a list of things that I wanted to ask him about and talk about before I came down here. And then once we, you know, drove around, he showed me around his new shop and we drove around a little bit, took a look at some of his crews in action. I got some video and everything, like I said, uh, on the episode to um, make a YouTube video on my channel, Long Care Rookie. And more and more questions and topics came up. So there's just so much to talk about, so much to address. I, I just figured, you know, I never like to have too much more than an hour, if if that, of an episode. I try to stick to around 45-minute episodes, but sometimes, you know, when I get going on an IBG episode or when we get going with guests and it gets to about an hour or so, um, I just kind of leave it at that. But when it gets well over an hour, going into an hour and a half, I try to break it up into two 45-minute episodes just to, to, like I've said before, to um, respect your time. And also there's just so much that we unpacked. So I kind of want to give you and myself some time to process everything. And then we can get back, come back on Thursday to, uh, to, for round two, you know? So, uh, thank you guys for listening. And like I said, stay tuned for Thursday's episode for round two. Thank you to the Toro company for sponsoring the LCR media podcast. So the next episode, this is the lawn care rookie signing off. This has been an LCR media and Mr. Producer production.